0: Faith, Hope and Love, Episode 467, the third Sunday of Lent, Year B. The lines of the first reading today set the scene for everything that follows. That first sentence is the key to understanding the Ten Commandments that follow. God gives the law to Moses saying, I am the Lord your God, who brought you out of slavery in Egypt. The words from God that follow, which were known as the Ten Commandments, are given to God's people in order to free them, to protect them, to keep them in good relationship with the Lord who saved them. God is declaring to us that he is the God of liberation. God gives us this law to make us free. God's law is not an onerous duty or a burden. It frees us to be everything we're created to be. This is faith, hope, and love. God, my helper,
1: save me from my pain, and I shall see.
0: My eyes are always on the Lord, for he rescues my feet from the snare. Turn to me and have mercy on me, for I am alone and poor. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Hello everyone, and peace and patience to you all, as we gather together on this third Sunday of Lent to offer praise, prayers, and intercession to our loving God. My brothers and sisters, to prepare ourselves to celebrate the Sacred Mysteries, let us first call to mind our sins. lord jesus you call your people to turn away from sin lord have mercy you teach us wisdom and write your truth in our inmost heart christ have mercy you forgive sins through the ministry of reconciliation lord have mercy may almighty god have mercy on us forgive us our sins and bring us to everlasting life. Amen. Let us pray that God will give us mercy through fasting, prayer, and almsgiving. O God, author of every mercy and of all goodness, who in fasting, prayer, and almsgiving have shown us a remedy for sin, Look graciously on this confession of our lowliness, that we who are bowed down by our conscience may always be lifted up by your mercy. Through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, God for ever and ever. Amen.
2: A reading from the book of Exodus. God spoke all these words I am the Lord your God, who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of slavery. You shall have no other gods before me. You shall not make for yourself an idol whether in the form of anything that is in heaven above, or that is on the earth beneath, or that is in the water under the earth. You shall not bow down to them or worship them, for I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God, punishing children for the iniquity of parents. To the third, and the fourth generation of those who reject me, but showing steadfast love to the thousandth generation of those who love me and keep my commandments. You shall not make wrongful use of the name of the Lord your God, for the Lord will not acquit anyone who misuses his name. Remember the Sabbath day and keep it holy. Six days you shall labour and do all your work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. You shall not do any work, you, your Son, or your daughter, your male or female slave, your livestock, or the alien resident in your towns. For in six days the Lord made heaven and earth, the sea and all that is in them, but rested the seventh day. Therefore, The Lord blessed the Sabbath day and consecrated it. Honour your father and your mother, so that your days may be long in the land that the Lord your God is giving you. You shall not murder. You shall not commit adultery you shall not steal, you shall not bear false witness against your neighbour, you shall not covet your neighbour's house, you shall not covet your neighbour's wife, or male or female slave, or ox or donkey, or anything that belongs to your neighbour. The
0: Word of the Lord. Lord, you have the words of everlasting life. The law of the Lord is perfect, it revives the soul. The rule of the Lord is to be trusted. It gives wisdom to the simple. The precepts of the Lord are right, they gladden the heart. The command of the Lord is clear, it gives light to the eyes. The fear of the Lord is holy, abiding for ever. The decrees of the Lord are truth and all of them just. They are more to be desired than gold, than the purest of gold. And sweeter are they than honey than honey from the comb. Lord, you have the words of everlasting life.
2: A reading from the first letter of St. Paul to the Corinthians. Brothers and sisters, the message about the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing, but to us who are being saved it is the power of God. For Jews demand signs and Greeks desire wisdom, but we proclaim Christ crucified. A stumbling block to Jews, and foolishness to Gentiles. But to those who are the called, both Jews and Greeks, Christ the power of God, and the wisdom of God. For God's foolishness is wiser than human wisdom, and God's weakness is stronger than human strength. The Word of the Lord.
0: Glory and praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Glory and praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. God so loved the world that he gave his only Son, that everyone who believed in him may have eternal life. Glory and praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to John. The Passover of the Jews was near, and Jesus went up to Jerusalem. In the temple he found people selling cattle, sheep and doves, and the money changers seated at their tables. Making a whip of cords, he drove all of them out of the temple, both the sheep and the cattle. He also poured out the coins of the money changers and overturned their tables. He told those who were selling the doves, Take these things out of here. Stop making my father's house a marketplace. His disciples remembered that it was written, Zeal for your house will consume me. The Jews then said to him, What sign can you show us for doing this? Jesus answered them, Destroy this temple, and in three days I will raise it up. They then said, This temple has been under construction for forty-six years, and will you raise it up in three days? But Jesus was speaking of the temple of his body. After he was raised from the dead, his disciples remembered that he had said this, and they believed the scripture and the word that Jesus had spoken. When he was in Jerusalem during the Passover festival, many believed in his name because they saw the signs that he was doing. But Jesus on his part would not entrust himself to them because he knew all people and needed no one to testify about human nature, for he himself knew what was within the human person. The Gospel of the Lord The psalm today sums it up so beautifully. God's law is perfect. It's a real joy. It gives wisdom. We're created not to be slaves, wearily doing the Lord's will as if it's a dreadful imposition or a burden. God's law is life and it is light. From the outset, God names two things that imprison and enslave us. One, putting other earthly things before God. And two, creating false idols, making passing things into our God. These things lead to disaster, and our Lord wants to free us from this. Our Lord sets us on the path of putting God's ways first, and respecting and showing reverence to ourselves, our communities, and our neighbours. To truly understand the real meaning and purpose of the law, it can be very helpful to understand the lawmaker. Once the person knows the lawmaker, you can see the purpose that the law was created for. God is love. God has infinite depths to him. God is a God of compassion. God is just and true and loving. To keep God's law is truly a delight because it's created by our loving and compassionate God. And our Lord Jesus, who embodied and perfected the law, shows us God's loving, compassionate heart in action. This is why Jesus knew the purpose and meaning of the law and how to apply it in spirit and truth. And it is why he occasionally seemed to bend the letter of the law in order to keep the very spirit and meaning of that law. Only Christ, who is the law and the compassion of God, could understand the meaning of the law so perfectly that he could complete it. A good symbol of this issue in a modern example would be our roads. As we drive along the highway, how many people do you see who look like or act like the road laws are a delight, a pure joy to keep? How many do you see driving around filled with peace as they observe faithfully the laws of the road? Like many laws, rules and regulations, we know that the laws of the land are for the purpose of ultimately protecting safety and regulating competing rights and ensuring protection of life, liberty and property. But in this one example I'm mentioning, many people who drive seem to go through life flouting laws and treating them like they're a bore and a great burden and a silly restriction on their freedom as they drive excessively on the roads and cut people off as they turn and break dangerously and tailgate and abuse and so on, too many people seem to have taken the view on the road that these rules apply to others, not to themselves. This law, they seem to say, limits me. It doesn't apply to me. I'm above all that. So I'm going to ignore it. But of course, if everyone flouted the law and felt it was unimportant to them, what would become of all of us? Too many people find out by accident that they're not the master of the situation that they believed they were. Actually, as I'm sure most would agree, following the road rules can actually be a joy and a delight, because it frees us to be thoughtful and respectful to others, and peaceful as we drive. It gives us a sense of safety, gone as the desperate effort to speed, rush, tailgate and rage over people who happen to be in the way. That person who impatiently tailgates one car and finally gets past them, only to rush down the road and be stuck behind the next car. And all the while they never noticed that these cars aren't actually driving too slow as they think, but rather they keep getting stuck behind others because they're driving too fast. Some people are slow learners. Especially when they get to their destination, not having saved any time and with a speeding camera fine coming in the mail, all riled up with nothing actually to show for it, and of course, it's always someone else's fault. As necessary as human laws can be, God's law is so much better than this. It's true though that when we understand the reason for a law and the purpose of a rule, the more likely we are to follow it. Of course, as the second reading reminds us, if God's ways are not like our human ways, We should obey God's wisdom even if we find it unusual. We can be more and more open to God's ways and get deeper inside the heart of the one who makes the laws, not to hold us back for life, but to give us life to the full. The key to the gospel today is in the first sentence, and it says, just before the Jewish Passover. Jesus goes into the temple and sees people selling all sorts of things and making the place a mess. There's nothing wrong with people coming into the temple and offering up goats and pigeons or spotless lambs in reparation for sin and for offering up one's prayer and dedication to God. In fact, it was the law of the time to do this. The temple was the house of God's presence among his people. The money changers might have objected and said, we're only doing our job and we're here to assist the people in their religious duties. But there are major problems here. At one time, living animals were not permitted to be brought into the temple grounds for sale, but that had changed. The area of the temple that was supposed to be reserved for Gentiles to worship God was now a marketplace where no one could possibly hope to pray or worship amidst all this noise and rabble and haggling. Our Lord saw that the Gentiles were being treated with contempt as well as everything else wrong with this scene. The fees charged for the temple service had gotten out of hand, costing poor visitors three or more days' wages to be able to perform their religious duty there. The attitude with which the money changers were robotically, mechanically and businesslike performing their operations was making a mockery of the sacredness of the action. This was a place of mystery and awe. It was not a place to turn into a circus with markets and cold business-like precision. It also never was meant to be a case of put in a penny and out comes the blessing. So our Lord was restoring the proper awe and reverence to God that this temple and its sacrifices was meant to do. And since, as it said at the beginning of this gospel, it was indeed just before the Passover, we cannot help but notice that Jesus is the true Passover lamb himself. He is doing away with the need for lambs, goats and pigeons. He will be the only one offering, once and for all, the perfect sacrifice, which now will be the means of forgiveness and grace and redemption. He is restoring in himself right worship and effective sacrifice, in which business-like marketplaces will have no place. Also, Jesus will be the new temple. Our Lord will be with us always. The presence of God and the abiding promise of God's presence among his people will be with them in and through Christ. And, of course, Christ will be present through the church and the sacraments. Jesus, who not only knows the lawmaker but is actually one with him, restores, completes and renews the ancient sacrifices and makes them effective by his own life, his own teaching, his death and his resurrection. And our Lord also warns us, just as he did to the money changers, never take what he's offering for granted. Don't go through these rituals with a mechanical presumption, like a slot machine. In goes a penny, out comes a blessing. Let us always do this with awe and reverence for the saving law and sacrifice found in the temple that is the body of Christ. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and life everlasting. Amen. God has rescued people from slavery and brought them to the promised land, and so let us confidently ask for our needs.
2: For the Church that it may continue to proclaim the challenging message of the crucified Christ. We pray to the Lord. For people and nations suffering from injustice and persecution, that their stand for freedom and justice may be rewarded. We pray to the Lord for those who make our laws that they will uphold Christian values we pray to the Lord for our community that we may live by the truth and justice of the decrees of the Lord. We pray to the Lord. For all the faithful departed, that they may come to share in the life of the risen Lord, especially those for whom we now pray. We pray to the Lord.
0: Eternal God, we ask you to listen to our prayers so that we may come to appreciate more and more deeply the life you call us to share with you. Through Christ our Lord. May we be accepted by you, O Lord, and may our sacrifice in your sight this day be pleasing to you, Lord God. Wash me, O Lord, from my iniquity. Cleanse me from my sin. Pray, brothers and sisters, that my sacrifice and yours may be acceptable to God the Almighty Father. May the Lord accept the sacrifice at our hands for the praise and glory of his name for our good and the good of all his holy church. Be pleased, O Lord, with these sacrificial offerings and grant that we who beseech pardon for our own sins may take care to forgive our neighbour. Through Christ our Lord. Amen. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is truly right and just, our duty and our salvation, always and everywhere to give you thanks, Lord, Holy Father, Almighty and Eternal God. For you have given your children a sacred time for the renewing and purifying of their hearts, that freed from disordered affections, they may so deal with the things of this passing world as to hold rather to the things that eternally endure. And so with all the angels and saints, We praise you as without end we acclaim Holy, Holy, Holy Lord, God of hosts Heaven and earth are full of your glory Hosanna in the highest Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord Hosanna in the highest You are indeed holy, O Lord, the fount of all holiness Make holy, therefore, these gifts, we pray By sending down your spirit upon them like the dew fall May the mingling of the body and blood of our Lord Jesus Christ bring eternal life to us who receive it. Lamb of God, you take away the sins of the world. Have mercy on us. Lamb of God, you take away the sins of the world. Have mercy on us. Lamb of God, you take away the sins of the world. Grant us peace. May the receiving of your body and blood, Lord Jesus Christ, Not bring me to judgment and condemnation, but through your loving mercy, be for me protection in mind and body, and a healing remedy. Behold the Lamb of God. Behold him who takes away the sins of the world. Blessed are those called to the supper of the Lamb. Lord, I am not worthy that you should enter under my roof, but only say the word, and my soul shall be healed. May the body of Christ keep me safe for eternal life. Amen. May the blood of Christ keep me safe for eternal life. Amen. A prayer for spiritual communion in union with all who are unable to physically receive communion at this time. My Jesus, I believe that you are present in the blessed sacrament. I love you above all things, and I desire to receive you into my soul. Since I cannot now receive you sacramentally, come at least spiritually into my heart. I embrace you as if you were already here, and unite myself wholly to you. Never permit me to be separated from you. Amen. The Body of Christ. Amen. The sparrow finds a home, and the swallow a nest for her young. By your altars, O Lord of hosts, my King and my God. Blessed are they who dwell in your house, forever singing your praise. The Blood of Christ. Amen. Let us pause for a time of quiet post-communion prayer and reflection. What has passed our lips as food, O Lord, may we possess in purity of heart, that what has been given to us in time may be our healing for eternity. Let us pray. As we receive the pledge of things yet hidden in heaven and are nourished while still on earth with the bread that comes from on high, we humbly entreat you, O Lord, that what is being brought about in us in mystery may come to true completion. Through Christ our Lord. Amen. Thanks everyone for your generous time and prayer on this celebration of the third Sunday of Lent. The Lord be with you. Let's bow our heads and pray for God's blessing. Direct, O Lord, we pray, the hearts of your faithful. And in your kindness, grant your servants this grace, that, abiding in love of you and of their neighbour, they may fulfil the whole of your commands. Through Christ our Lord. Amen. And may Almighty God bless you, the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Go forth, the Mass is ended. Faith, Hope and Love, a time of Christian worship and reflection, led by Reverend Paul Kelly. Prayers and Chants from the Roman Missal, 3rd edition, copyright 2010, the International Commission on English and the Liturgy. Scriptures, New Revised Standard Version, copyright 1989 and 2009, by the NCC USA. The Psalms, copyright 1963 and 2009, The Grail, Collins Publishers. Prayers of the Faithful, Together We Pray, by Robert Borg, E.J. Dwyer Publishers, 1993, Australia. Lenten Hymn, Have Mercy, inspired by Psalm 50, music by Paul W. Kelly. Arranged with additional lyrics and sung by Stefan Kelp, 2020. Production by KER. May God bless and keep you.